0: As a heads up, guys, I'm on Benadryl. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, here we go. Stand by. Roll sound.
2: So we better do this quick, then.
1: I know, just... <laughs> Pass out in <down> the middle. <laughs> Roll camera. Three,
2: two,
0: one. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of Artists Without a Clue, where, by the title, you have artists who are clueless and going about life. And we're trying to... Take the world by storm as the world is currently going through what seems to be a storm. So today on today's podcast, we're gonna go. We're going to touch on professional etiquette when encountering people, as well as the viewing experience in the age of Corona. So I hope you guys enjoy. And today I have with me Nydira, who is fresh from Cali, so I can't wait to hear about that. <laughs> and Luis, who will. So- well he introduced himself so why don't you take it away
2: (laughs) yeah I did nothing this weekend I just watched movies and tv so
1: um my weekend was spent traveling back home I recently uh went to this past week I was in California I was in Los Angeles with my friend for her birthday and just a general small vacay you know well deserved (laughs) definitely (laughs) anisha what did you do this weekend
0: (laughs) (laughs) i know i completely forgot about myself um (laughs) so this weekend oh actually this weekend it was like a little religious holiday for me on saturday it's like diwali so it was like the festival of lights which is really nice just kind of being in a different, env- well, I was in the same environment, obviously, but like, <laughs> just kind of like rearranging things and kind of, we had like lights all over the house and I spent the entire day cooking with my mom and I kid I saw you, it on your story. I was turning the pot for four hours straight. Oh
2: my God. Oh my but
0: God. I tell you, like one muscle must be larger than the other <laughs> on the other. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but hey, it was a workout what I got good making?
1: food. Huh? What do, what were you making?
0: So there's this thing called like sweet rice. It's kind of like, I, I honestly don't even know how to describe it, but it's like some it kind of sweet rice. Kind of, but like not really <laughs> like you throw in like condensed milk and like carnation milk and stuff like that. And then there's also, um, I don't know if you guys know what like roti is.
1: Yes. I love it. Yeah.
0: Cereal. So we were making that um, and then some like chana curry and stuff, which is basically like garbanzo beans, but like in curry form kind of thing, and like a whole bunch of other sweets. Um, So, yeah, I kid you not. It was that that's how I spent a bulk of my weekend that and also like watching a whole bunch of shows. Okay, that sounds (laughs) pretty
1: fun
2: based off like the food I saw your story, it looked really, really good.
0: Thank you. I, honestly, anyone who came home, like after everyone came home, I was like, I made this. I made this, how <laughs> does sweet. it taste? And you know, when you do that thing where as you're eating, you're there and you're like,
1: you're how is it? Like, <laughs> yeah. is that,
0: <laughs> that was me, I was like, is it good? Is it good?
2: <laughs> it's good, right? Yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, so yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. Um, But yeah, and I was also, like, watching, like, a whole bunch of movies, too, which was fun. Um, But, Nigera, you also seemed to be having a great time in Cali. Yeah, a
2: lot of beaches. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Honestly, you guys, it was a lot colder than I expected. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yes, everyone (laughs) was giving me a comment, like, oh, you must have been on the beach. And I was like, I went to, like, two, and I was fully clothed. yeah it was so weird like the day i got there i looked at the um the weather compared to there in new york city and new york city was actually a lot warmer than it was there oh my god like that's intense degrees. no you know what yeah. it was really warm this last week yeah it was, it was like 73 degrees i was yeah like, okay you got yeah climate change. yeah and then especially at night like um it got really windy like i had to wear a hoodie like i had to wear a hoodie like when i went out to dinner and stuff every night like i had to bring like some form of jacket because it was like that cold. And I guess that's a norm. I guess, I don't know, over here on the East Coast, I think we always assume that it's always sunny and warm there, like always warm, but it's not. Like they go through like a winter period as well. So I went to the beach, but I wasn't like on the beach. I like walked the boardwalk, put my toes in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> One
2: toe at a time. You were really waiting for you I to leave before toe. getting warm again.
1: Yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah it wasn't bad though I got to do some pretty cool stuff I um I went on like this small plane ride so it wasn't a helicopter but it was like just like this I called it an intimate plane because you can only fit like (laughs) you can only fit like five people in there and that's including like the two pilot seats so and it's it's like a natural plane yeah yeah it's like this little it's like a I was gonna say baby plane but it was just like this <laughs> tiny plane, and it was just like like I've flown before like before I flew to Cali, I've flown many times before, but I've never been as like scared on a plane than I was with that one, and I thought it would be not as scared because it was smaller, and I thought it would be I just thought it would be better than like the big planes and like when it takes off and lands, it's a little rough, you yeah, know that would be worse yeah it was a lot more (laughs) you feel everything more right yes you feel yes you do and like the um it was like a special type of like i guess i recommend it i can um it's called for anyone listening south south coast aeronautics and is it it's located in los angeles and it was like less than 300 bucks and it's like for two people and he takes you up for like about an hour and it's just like an aerial tour of the aerial tour of los angeles and you get to see like the Hollywood sign you get to see the beach you get to see like um like all those houses in the hills and stuff he pointed out Beyonce's house which I thought was pretty cool because I, was like, oh, I nice. do like, know you know her house is with um um yeah and then like whoever's is sitting in the front seat with him got to fly the plane a little bit that oh. was also nerve-wracking because it was my friend I was oh just like God. happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> no <Don't kill us. laughs> yeah he was a super nice guy I thought it was kind of funny because I was nervous getting in so I was like chuckling and I was just like what's the safety precaution and he just chuckled back <laughs> was just like, that's, oh no. that's <laughs> not an answer but um yeah fun time I recommend it to <laughs> anyone <laughs> it's a great review by the way right. <laughs> honest
0: <laughs> no, we appreciate yeah. it. we appreciate it yeah <laughs>
1: um but other than that it was a lot of just restaurants walking around I saw like the like the Hollywood stars like the walk of fame mm-hmm. and that was like a lot lot longer than I thought it would be I don't know why I thought it'd be like I always pictured it like on a curve with like a theater hovering over it like I don't know but it's just like a long 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 street of a bunch of stars and a bunch of groups and it's like walking the whole thing actually takes a lot of time so we didn't and we just searched for (laughs) particular stars and we went (laughs) (laughs) did you see any celebrities while you were out there no not at all I mean, special
0: run-ins?
1: <laughs> no, unfortunately. I don't know. I was trying to think of, like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to find celebrities. You guys. I mean, you saw Beyoncé's house, so that's good enough, right? Right. He could have gotten a little closer, but it's okay. <laughs> 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 he could have given, like, you know, directions so we could, like, drive past it. You never know. I don't know what Beyoncé... <laughs> yeah. No, that's really great. Weren't you saying
0: that you also had ran into, like, someone like a recruiter yes 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 okay
1: yeah so we were walking along um Venice Beach and like I was telling you guys earlier that like anytime I see a production set anyone that's working with production I overhear it it looks like they're doing something I always go up to them and I just I just start asking them questions because I feel like that's the best way to go especially if you don't know anyone in the field it's like why not ask someone who's literally doing the job so I overheard this woman talking to a street vendor and I guess she was trying to figure out like are you here all the time and I overheard her saying like well the camera's going to be facing this way and I was just like oh looks like she's looking for locations so um, <laughs> I was like I want to talk to her like I just want to like usually so if it's in New York I'm usually like okay like who can I talk to like I'm trying to get a job I'm trying to do this I'm from New York I just graduated I give him like my whole spiel I tell him what I want to do I tell them like, oh, like I PA before, like give me something, you know, give me something to do, give me someone to contact. But I knew and Ca- kept for like California, I couldn't really do that just because like I'm not moving there anytime soon to work. Um, so and I was more so just trying to ask her like, what is it like out here to work in production? You know, what I'm saying it was my first time on the West Coast entirely, so it's like, what what, what do you do? And I wanted to ask her, like, is production bigger here? Do you have to join this? Do that? Is it like the city? Do you know how it is? Not the city. I always say the city and assume everyone knows what I mean. <laughs> <it's> the, <city. laughs> the, no, city. the only one that matters. Exactly. Yeah. You no, know? no, no. No bashing the cities, but true. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Um, I just had all these questions, like, ready to ask her, and she was very much so, like, one, I understand it's COVID, but I get a little irked when someone gets a little too far from me because I'm just kind of like, okay, I wasn't like in your face, ma'am. But like I tried to ask her a question. I think I came um to her side and she backed up a lot. And I was like, okay, cool, like I understand maybe I came a little too close, but it was like she backed up and then started walking away. And I was just like, ma'am, please, like I'm trying to ask you a question. And then she does stop and she's like looking down the boardwalk and suit like more way more than six feet apart from me and I'm just like okay maybe I should stop trying to get closer but like I want her to hear me and she's just like I don't even like it, I was just asking I was like, can, like do you have time to talk are you you know are you in production my first question is always are you in production to make sure I'm talking to the right person and she was just like uh yes I am walks away you know distance herself and I'm like okay can I ask you a couple of questions? And then I'm like, maybe she's in a rush. I'm like, do you not have like the time right now? Which is understandable. Like, but tell me you don't have the time right now. Like, and she's just like, um, I, I do. I I can answer some questions, walks away further. And she's like, but I'm going this way. Mindy. we just came from walking that way. But I told my friend hold on. I really want to talk to this lady. I'm just trying to get some information. You know, I don't want to miss out on even the smallest opportunity. So she starts walking away, she's done talking to one of the vendors, and I'm like, okay, well, let me just follow at a distance behind her, try to get the questions out as she's moving. I'm, I'm figuring she's like a fast-paced, like, no BS, like, I'm trying to get my job done, you know, type of feel, and then she starts talking to the next vendor, and I'm just kind of like, I, I thought, you know, I thought you were, you're gonna give me the time to ask you a question, you know what I'm saying? I'm not stopping you. I'm, I'm literally walking with you, so I, I feel like I'm showing that I'm not trying to stop you from doing your job, but then don't like tell me that you have time, but you like, I don't know, it was weird. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't warm. I didn't expect anyone to be warm. I never expect everyone to be warm, but it was not warm. It was, it was very like, it was discouraging. It was very much so like, I don't know you. So why are you talking to me? And it seemed like she didn't want to talk to me. And I didn't even say like, oh, never mind." Like she started talking to the other other vendor. And I think I looked at my friend and I said, okay, well, I at least want to say, hey, I understand you don't have time. I'm just going to go. Thank you for, you know, just a little like, and I I literally walked away and I'm not that type of person. Like that for me felt awkward. And I just like walked away. I'm like, this lady is never even going to remember that. I tried to talk to her since everything, I don't want to say since everything seems so important because of course that's your job and it's important. But since it seems so urgent and timely that she couldn't talk to me and just like, I don't know, like I was saying, like I've talked to people in New York, like who work in production that I don't know. I see them on the street and I go up to them. And again, I give my spiel, like who I am, what I want to do, you know? And from my experience in New York City, almost everyone has stopped to talk to me, to give me a little bit of information, to tell me to try this, try that. Oh, what have you done? You know what I'm saying? And I just, that was my first real experience of like a complete, barely spoke to me, barely looked my way, put so much distance between us that it made me feel like I was doing something wrong. And I, again, guys, like I wasn't shoulder to the shoulder with her. I, I, yeah. It was, and I, I know it's COVID. Like, I'm, I, am i am not going in anyone's face, you know. So it was very weird, very weird. You
2: See, I feel like you should have just dressed up as a vendor <laughs> and then try to talk to her.
1: <laughs> Set up right yes. next to the other guy. Can <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> <Do> you imagine? <laughs> Trick her talking like, to, talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's actually that's actually insane. And
0: I'm sorry yeah. I had to go through that. Um, I've heard like horror stories similar to that about like when people approach like someone within the field, it's always like, oh, well, I don't have time to talk to you. Um, I'm actually like super curious, especially like in the times of COVID when people have to be more cautious of space around them and in their interactions with people in general, like people often try to like, limit who they speak to. I'm wondering if that also then affects professional inter- like interaction interacting with other with professionals already within your field
2: I don't know if that makes sense I, I get what you're saying I, I think that it probably does to be honest because you know like everyone's still getting used to it even though we're months into it and it definitely has to be like you know that like before it's almost close to you and asking you about questions about what you're doing like you know you probably talked to me if you had time but like because you don't want to be talking to many people and risking like messing up a production it might be like more like you know worrying but I was also thinking it might just be a difference in like the the way production is in New York based or in New York compared to like in you know LA
1: right which was what I was thinking like maybe it's Mm -hmm. like just a lot more the best way I can explain it is like maybe like L.A. is a bit more larger company, bigger production, a bit more budget, maybe, like, more union projects, at least from what I study. like, if it's more union, then things are a lot more strict, like, this is what you do, this is your job, um, versus, like, in New York, like, I've seen a lot of projects that were, like, small, smaller projects, and indie projects, and still a decent amount of people in their crew, but, like, a smaller crew that you're working with, and just, again, like, Maybe because it's smaller, and maybe because it might be like just the other side of our country, like the people just might act a little bit more differently. Maybe production actually is a bit more different. Like maybe when people say like, "Oh, that's so Hollywood," like maybe production in Hollywood is very Hollywood. You know, like maybe <laughs> yeah, I've actually heard thing. that. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, I know some. It... Go ahead, Louise. Oh,
2: um, I was just saying that. I'd... It might also just be the fact that it's so much more common to see that kind of thing in L.A. than it is in New York.
1: Mm, Okay, yeah. Like, because people are, like, are shooting a lot more there. I mean, that's
2: that's what I think, yeah.
1: Yeah. And also, like, um, yeah, I I can kind of see that because maybe she thought I was just, like, some fan. I don't know. Or just, like, you know what I mean? Like, some person that's, like, oh, my God, you're shooting a movie. Like, but that's not at all, like, you know what i'm trying to do and i guess like all productions kind of go through that especially if they're shooting outside and somewhere public people seeing like oh like wow that's a camera i'm like oh what are you guys shooting and you kind of have to like within like the first like 30 seconds of you talking to them you kind of have to present yourself as not that you know put yourself aside within those first 30 seconds of talking to a professional like hey i'm not just passing by because this looks cool I'm passing by because I know what you're doing and I'm trying to be a part of it even more so. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to look for opportunities. I'm trying to figure out how to get my feet wet a bit more, you know, and like really get into production.
0: Yeah, honestly, elevator pitches are a must and like the perfection of that is really, really necessary. Um, I found that even when I'm just talking to people in general or especially like professionals who, are who have like pretty prestigious um like positions not that i have <laughs> spoken <laughs> to a whole bunch of people like that but whenever i have like ran into or just like have like that casual option to do so it's like you have to really master your 30 seconds especially if they're so quick to dismiss um and i am really curious an idea because you mentioned that you did have like some interaction where you were able to kind of break through that barrier and get people's attention in order to have that conversation. And as you said, like, it's really difficult to kind of break past that initial um, like impression where they think that you're just a super fan or it's like, oh my God, can you cast me today? Like right now? Right. <laughs> um, so it's really hard to break past that. And how, like, what did you do? Like, what's your technique if you don't mind sharing?
1: Yeah. Um... Uh, So I always, like, literally what I do is, like, um, I go up to them and I'm like, hi, what's your position? And I always feel awkward starting out with that only because I feel like it sounds a bit like, who are you asking me my position? But, like, that's literally the only, like, I'm like, hi, like, what's your position? Like, what do you do on set? And I think sometimes using keywords like set and stuff, like I think that's basic, but not everyone says that. Like people, oh, is this a movie? Oh, is this a television show? Hey, what do you do on set? Sounds a bit more like, oh no, you know, like there's a whole you know thing behind, am. yeah, like you know, but <laughs> I'm part of something besides like a movie. you know, it's like, oh no, like I am on set. So I, I ask them, like, oh, what do you do on set? And I go, like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. And then I go, How do you get into that? And I they're usually looking like, oh, that's kind of vague. So I either get like, oh and they give me a vague answer or they they say like, oh, like, um, oh man, I blinked a little bit. Sometimes they give me a vague answer. And then sometimes it's like, a um, they, they ask me like, well, what exactly do you want to get into? And then I tell them like, okay, I just graduated and this is what I would like to do. And I usually give them the list. Like I, I initially, I would like to be like a video editor. I want to be a DP. I want to try voiceover. And then I tell them like some things I've done before, like I, I went to school for this. So, you know, I've done this work. I've been a PA before. So, you know, a lot of times like that's, that's the intro, that's the intro level job for um, production. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't like calling it the lowest level, but it's the entry level. Like that's where you can start. You can be a set PA, you can be the, a camera PA, you can be a, um, like an art PA, like all, all the departments, you know, kind of sort of need that depending of course, but, or like some type of like almost assistant role to help with everything. And in that assistant role is when where you learn anyways. So I feel like once they hear that, like, even then that like, I know some names like, oh, like, can I, like, if I tell them, like if they don't know who to point me to, or they don't seem very receptive. I say, okay, well, can you point me to your key PA? The key PA is, the production assistant that kind of runs the other production assistants. They kind of know first what's going on and first what to do. And if I can give them my information, then now it's a little past like the PA that's watching the equipment or the PA that's down the block doing lockup, you know? So just kind of, I think using the lingo really helps. And I think just kind of being straightforward about what you want to do and also expressing an interest for the person. You know, mm-hmm. no one who is doing some grunt work wants to hear what actor is here,
0: yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. as the like first them.
1: greeting, like no hello, nor anything like, oh, are you shooting a movie? Who's the actor? And you're just stuck all day saying the same thing. And now it's like, they don't care about what I do. But then there's us who really appreciate the background folks doing all the work and we're just like, tell me what you do. The actors. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think a huge, huge, huge thing is just being genuine with your interactions with people and coming across in a very authentic way. Um, and like you said, also being respect, like understanding this person is also like another human being and treating them as such. Because like you said, I, 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 since I went to Queens College, there were for some, I don't know, for some reason, they, we always had people filming on our campus. I always tried to approach them and props to you, but every time I went, it was always like just starting to go. And once I don't know if they have like a radar or something, but they will all like stare <laughs> at you. And I was like, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to just go to that, really the dining hall. <laughs> yeah. Like quick, quick transition, like just <laughs> swerve out there super quickly. Um, so props to you for that. Um, but yeah, I think a huge thing is being, um, genuine and like something I learned in a program that I'm a part of is that the definition of networking hold on actually I'm a paraphrase because (laughs) me quoting directly might be (laughs) I might not get it but it's like it's basically that it's a mutually beneficial relationship between like the both parties and I think you need I think as people especially coming up in the industry like it's not only about like what can you give me by like hiring me as a person, but what do I bring to the table? And I think that's also why like that elevator pitch is so important to refine because I feel like once you get that and you're able to kind of play with it in a way that you come across as genuine, but you're also setting yourself apart by being genuine.
2: I think something else about that is that people will try to make these new connections, but a lot of the time, you don't either ignore or just completely forget about the connections they have already. Like, especially if you're like a student or recently graduated, you're gonna have people who are doing things that you want to be a part of that you just don't think about because you guys were never really close, you know? And you don't have to be best friends with somebody to try to reach out and network. As long as you know them even remotely, it can still work. Like, um, Nadia, you you and I hung out when we we did projects together, but that's really it. But I know if I had like um, a project I wanted to really do, I count on you or Anisha to help me out with it because I know you guys would want to be a part of it too to do it would benefit you guys. So I think what a lot of people need to do is just like look through the relationship that they have and the relationships that their relationships have to try to um, help themselves out.
1: No, yeah, I definitely uh, agree with that. And I feel like that's something I actually struggle with just because it's like, well, when it comes to... Um, I guess, like, people around me, like, I guess I, I don't know if it's, like, a poor planning type of thing, but it's just, like, I never think about, like, like, in my head, like, I know, um, Luis, that you do work, and Anisha, like, I know you're, you want to get into that stuff as well, and, um, and, like, my friend, like, the other day, like, he likes to do music, and he also mentioned that he wants to do a podcast, and he's, like, I want you to edit it, and I'm just, like, cool, more opportunity, but then, like, I, I don't wanna say I won't follow through, but like finding that motivation sometimes or finding that push to connect with those people and reminding myself of like, oh, not only are they doing this, but they might need help or they might like appreciate your creative input or you, why don't you just ask and you help them in general? Like, why won't you push yourself and go, you know, connect with those people like Luis, like you said, like, you know, like, you know, so connect with people that you know. Um, And also, I guess, struggling with um, people who have more experience than you, just kind of like how how to approach them. Because I have a mindset that like, if you have a lot more experience than I do, and I feel like we didn't like click super well, but like you said, could still be like a vague connection. I struggle with messaging them or reaching out to them only because I don't like coming across as hey, I'm only talking to you because I want something out of you. And I know that's not the case and I know that's how it works, but I, I just have this, it's so hard to get over sometimes that like it's coming across as like shallow or just like, they're going to be like, why why is she con- like contacting me? Like we spoke like two words to each other, you know? So like, how do you guys, what do you guys think about things like that?
2: Well, personally, I know that, I completely understand what you're saying because I'm the same exact way where, I will hear somebody doing something like, oh yeah, you know, I'm kinda you know, looking for someone to do this, or you know, I believe in that. And I won't try to reach out, at least for myself, is because I still feel like I'm not completely there yet. Like, you know, like I, I'm still struggling to call myself like a vi- like a video editor or like or um, a video producer because I don't have any professional experience with it. Like, yeah, I did all these projects of it in school but I never got paid to do anything. So it feels weird saying it out loud. And I feel like that's a big part of it because that kind of, I, I'm, I'm kind of limiting myself based off the experience I don't have and it's stopping from getting anything more that I could. So it's like, a, not a self-fulfilling prophecy but you know, like it, it, I'm kind of holding myself back. And I feel like a lot of the time um, people are just kind of scared to take that risk Because they don't have that experience and they don't want to try it and then have it end up not being what they wanted or have it being bad. So rather than try something new with someone that they don't know, they'll just, you know, kind of wait for something to fall into their lap. And I feel like that's not what you should be doing. People should be like reaching out and just taking risks because I feel like in this field particularly, you need to take risks. Like everything about it is taking risks, especially when you're like completely new to it. Right
1: no yeah it's like it's very self-sabotaging and it's like no matter I don't want to say no matter because I hope we both I don't know if you're struggling with this but I hope we all like break out of that and like realize that we're bomb and very artistic and creative but like it sometimes it feels like no matter how many people tell me like no no like don't think that way like that's literally how it is I'm just kind of like nope Nope. Someone's looking at that email. Like, who's this chick?
2: <laughs> I feel like a lot of it has to do with all the rejection emails we're getting from jobs. Yeah, not gonna lie. I know for me, that's what it is.
1: Used to the rejection, so it's just kind of oh, like yeah. that's that's where we're gonna get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that, I, it's really weird. So, um, the other day, well, not the other day. It was like more, uh, like two weeks ago or so. There's this girl that I went to middle school with. No, we didn't talk a lot, but I like we knew of each other, same environment type thing. And just as we get older, like um I had another um I had another friend like this in high school, but she she was just an artist, like a cartoonist. like I followed her on social media and she would make all these cartoons that I really liked, some fan made ones. and I used to hit her up and I'm just like, hey, I really like your cartoons. I really like your art. If you ever, you know, decide to make something, like I'm really interested in voiceover, I would love to do voiceover work for you, you know? And again, throughout the years, like I've, I've had her since like, she was a freshman in high school. Like I think when I followed her and I, I think she went to LaGuardia and she was an art major and she used to just post all this stuff. And I used to every now and then like, this looks great and that looks great. And we had like a mutual, like musical artist we like. And I was just like, I need to connect with her and finally this opportunity comes along she goes to I believe um yeah I'm blanking on her school she goes to an art school though and I think her thesis is some animation project and she had advertised on her Instagram that she was looking for a um voiceover artist for her work and I immediately saw, and I was like, this is it. This is the opportunity I've been waiting for over. <laughs> This is my in. <laughs> like, right. And I was just like, I've been telling her I've been wanting to do this. And then um, I think I messaged her because I was like out at work and I always, I always get like antsy and I'm just like, I want them to know to expect it from me. So I like messaged her. I'm like, hey, I saw this. I'm really interested. I'm going to email you my audition tape later. And she's like, okay, cool. Just like, I'm going to look over them this weekend and like let people know. And then I think I got home, I sent it to her. And I was just like, I'm excited. And it's weird because because I knew her ish, I assumed that I had a good chance, you know. And then I think I messaged her back like a week later, because I'm like, okay, I didn't see her announce anything. And she's like, hey, so I decided to go with someone else with some other experience like uh, what's the group's name I never know how to pronounce it I I, I can only when I see it I know it. it's like the the c-y-n-a-i-d-e did I spell that right
2: C-Y-N-A-I-D-E.
1: they have the game joking hazards it's like something in happiness
2: cyanide and happiness yes
1: yeah. yes cyanide and happiness I, I never knew it. I didn't know what that word was <laughs> Yes, she says she um, chose someone who has done voiceover work for them, meaning that she just has a lot more experience, and she just really liked that. And it just felt like uh, I didn't want like I I didn't feel betrayed because I'm just like I don't know her personally personally, but I we know each other ish. Like if I saw her in the street, I could be like, oh hey you, like say her name and everything. And I don't know. It was just one of those times where like I. I don't want to say i didn't expect the rejection but like it was one of those times i didn't expect the rejection as much
2: yeah you're like you had more of a basis to you know apply so you were
1: more hopeful about it yeah yeah a lot more hopeful yeah. and it, it's just interesting because it's like we're, we're so used to rejection but when it's the rejection where we're not used to it it's just even more just like oh, what the
0: hell i'm so we were referring to like people who like don't take risk and haven't done that i'm people Or like I used to be at least like big time. Um, Just because I think the imposter syndrome is like really, really real. Like you go into spaces and even when you're within those spaces, you doubt your ability to even exist or not exist. But like that sounds, (laughs) that sounds deep and dark. But like you doubt your, you doubt your abilities that brought you to that space. And I, I for one struggle with that a lot, like there have been so many opportunities that I've seen and my brother actually, he um, told me, he was like, hey, you know, how's like the job search going? Like, have you applied to anything? And I was like, you know, it's, it's insane because I'm scrolling through these and I don't have, I have like one requirement and that's that I graduated. But like the second requirement is, did you graduate with a film degree? And I don't even hit that. So it's like, oh, well back to one. And I was like, you know, and that just deters me from applying to these places. And something he told me that still resonates with me to this day was that, why are you so afraid of applying? If you apply and you don't get the job, you're still in the same place you are right now, not applying. And I, yeah, I was like, I, yeah, and mind you, he's like in college still. So it's just like, it's so bizarre, like hearing this from him. And I was like, you know what? That's so true like you really have to you really have to just take that chance and take that chance with yourself and have faith in that ability um i'm saying this now like watch like in a week i'm going to be he's going to have to tell me the same speech all over again um but yeah i definitely feel your idea on like that whole sometimes even the people who are within your circle who know that you do have, like, you, they don't need your resume to know that you've had this experience. Sometimes they don't even, like, take you under their wing, and sometimes that disappointment can hit a little different, um, but I don't know. I feel like there are times where, like, my, one of my mentors, like, he told me, he was like, you're gonna get a hundred no, you may get a hundred no's, but you may get that one yes, and that yes might be your way in, so just keep on keeping on, So that's kind of like the, (laughs) the mindset I'm trying to keep on, but it's, it's really hard. Sometimes it's really, really hard. And I think sometimes when you collaborate within your network, it can be really, you can, you start to touch on different corners that you didn't even realize you had. Um, Like for the project I'm on, Luis, Luis was a part of it. He was a part of it. And it, it was just so surreal because I'm did i doing this project and I'm seeing people from all different portions of my network kind of come together. And you don't really, I didn't expect that, but it's really incredible what happens when you kind of put yourself out there and you take that risk. Um, like what kind of comes your way?
2: The best bit of advice I ever got in regards to job hunting was from my friend who I, I told her, like, you know, all these places that want so many years of experience and, and you know, you have to be like, I um a pro at this, and I just like, a beginner and she said, Lewis, apply anyway. Just anytime you apply for a job, apply with the confidence of a straight white man and just worry about it later. <laughs> 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 and honestly, it's helped me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, my dear, I wanted to ask you. You mentioned earlier that um when you were in California, like you weren't you don't want to really approach too much because you weren't planning on moving like there anytime soon. But considering the fact that you know a lot of production is nla and you know like not even centralized in new york what would it take for you to like relocate for a job not specifically to california but to just relocate in general
1: um right now honestly because i've been offered not to move for a job but just to move in general i was offered and um A huge reason of me saying no is just because it wasn't New York and no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Mostly because of like my, so my internship, a lot of the people that I met on there are also New York based. So in my eyes, my only connections I have is in New York city. I feel like I don't have enough grounding for my career direction to even up and move anywhere else. You know, like, I feel like I need to like tackle every opportunity I can find in New York City. Also because so many people move to either LA or California in general or New York. You know, I feel like part of it is because like, I think I'm, would take, have more advantage if I stayed here, but if I, I wouldn't mind moving if a job said to me, hey, we'll hire and relocate you, you know? Or yeah. if I had like, um, or if a job said like, hey, like it, it would have to be like, I would have to have the job first. I, I would not be like, oh, like I really want to try working here and then go move and then settle. And then we'll be like, okay, like, let me look for a job. I would literally have to have like contract. Hey, we're starting in a month. You have time to do whatever. We're gonna provide you housing or you need to relocate yourself. Anything that would give me enough notice and just a solid, like just a solid something to say like, we're giving you this job. But, if I don't have a job, I'm not just gonna up and leave and really go anywhere in California, I like um, I think it was during college actually that I realized like I would love love, love to go and work for Cartoon Network at some point someday. Like that would be great. and I, I looked it up and it's in Burbank. And I remember looking up like, oh my God, like do they have internships here? And they did, but it literally said that they do not like they specified we do not relocate like we're not helping like that's not us so if you want this just know you have to find like your own way of source of like where you're gonna live you know so yeah and again I was in college during that time so it wasn't like a I was making enough money to save for like to relocate to California (laughs) live out my dream internship I feel that yeah so but for me personally yeah it would definitely have to be an employer saying like here's a job we will help you relocate or here's a job you have a set amount of time to get your relocation together
0: I think it's just like um I don't know I think like something a lo- especially since like you touched on a lot of I guess like the hubs of like the media industry or like for are in Like LA or California, and then like New York City. And I remember someone once asked me, "They're like, why don't you try like going to like some other state that's really low key?" And then because like there, the participant pool, like the candidates for like a specific internship, won't be as won't be as much compared to like the one to New York, which I thought was a pretty interesting idea. Um, But I also was kind of in that mental. I was I was in that mentality that's like, well, if like the herd is, like, flocking to New York, and I'm, like, that one bird flying the opposite direction, like, am I doing something wrong, like, is something off? Um, But I I think that, for me, it's definitely having some kind of, like, security in that relocation, Um, whether it's, like, that job contract or just something that I can, when I'm moving to that, to any, like, the next location, I'm not walking in blind. Um, because I know so many people who have made that relocation for themselves and they have, it's, it's just, it's made it harder for them to fulfill their craft because instead of focusing on, you know, working on their reels or their portfolios, trying to get gigs, like they're so stressed about hitting rent that week, because if they're, if they don't, they, they have no, they can't go crash at their mom's place, like, or like a friend's place because they don't have that kind of network there. So I think that, It's I think it's about I would have to think strongly about the balance between sustaining myself in that location and being able to put a good amount of energy still into my craft that I want to do. Because I feel like sometimes when people locate, it becomes such a tug and pull that it becomes about survival rather than like what they actually went there for, because it's such a hard it's it's hard out here. (laughs) So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I like how you called it like, um. I don't know, just like a a, a network, also kind of like you said, like you can't go crash at your mom's house, like those are networks outside of work networks, and it's something very true. Like you know, if you do up and leave, like you're you're not technically cutting it off, but you're making it a whole lot inconvenient for you to utilize those networks you may already have at home or wherever home may be for you. You know, in some cases, you may have to do that someday. Like I like I would never. Um, say that I would never relocate just because it's like why would I cut off those opportunities for myself you know new experiences and just like different things I can do in life but you know time and place you know to definitely do that uh personally I've had um okay I have a group of friends
2: and we always talked talk about like oh let's you know go places and it'll be really fun you know we always had to like you know like friends fantasy or whatever and the only reason and the bit, the, yeah, the biggest reason really that I didn't want to do that was because the places they wanted to move to were like, you know, quieter states like Massachusetts or like, you know, suburban PA or, you know, like somewhere like that. And as much as that might be nice to live in, I know for what I want to do, it would be the worst haul to make, especially when I'm already in New York. And like we've been saying, New York is one of the hotspots. It is one of the best places to be if you want to do production. And the only way I would ever really feel comfortable moving is if, like you said, they told me, all right, we're going to pay for you to move and we're going to get you a job guaranteed. You know, you don't have to worry about, like, you no, know, it run on time because we're going to be paying you. So you're set there. Like, because for me to be comfortable enough, leaving my friends and family behind that support system that I have, I have to be supported by the people who I'm going there for. And if I don't feel comfortable doing that, then I'm not willing to really go because I don't want to like lose out on that.
0: So I've watched a lot of like interviews sometimes um, of people within the industry. And a lot of the stories are like your, like your Apple kind of stories where you take that risk, you quit your job, you drop everything, you just follow your dreams and somehow they make it big. And I feel like a lot of them have been like that. Um, And sometimes it crosses my mind, like, do you guys ever feel like sometimes that by not really not welcoming that idea, the idea of by not having like that mindset, do you think that you're missing, do you ever feel like you're missing out on a lot of golden opportunities that might be, you just have to search for a little bit. Do you ever feel
1: that way? Mm, No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Only because though, I feel like, because I just have the different mindset though. Like, I feel, I think also part of that is a huge risk. And I feel like some people who may do that and succeed, which I, I might, which might not be the case. I might just be talking out my butt or something, but I feel like sometimes there's a bit of privilege behind that. Like, yes. exactly. It, yes. You go. Agreed. You go and do that. And it not have any effect. Like you don't have to have to worry about anything else. Like I feel like if I quit my job and just did all that, I'm like, okay, well, where am I gonna get my money from? And I don't wanna like, you know, put stress on my mom. It's like, I'm grown now. Like I should be doing my own stuff. I also want my own stuff. And it's just like, if I, if I wanna do all these things, I need money to buy the things that I need to do my things with. You know, (laughs) I I gotta buy my equipment and like make sure I buy external hard drives and make sure I have editing software and make sure I have the stuff that I need to create with. And it's not gonna, it's not free. None of it is free. You know what I mean? My time is not free. You know, if I'm, it's it's like I can put the time into the things that I wanna do creatively And I do. And sometimes I feel like I need to do it more, but I don't think I could just do that and nothing else. I have to, and I can only do that and nothing else when that starts paying. Mm -hmm. But until it starts paying, I'm going to put the effort into it that I can and grow and learn while also having my part-time job. To support myself, so that isn't another stress, you know. Yeah, (laughs) no, you you hit it right (laughs) in the head. Um, because
2: I've done my research on that kind of stuff, and a lot of those articles that say, "Oh, you know, I paid off my student loans by you know living with my parents and like not eating out as much," fail to mention or just don't put it in the headline that the people who are saying those stories are also people who like you know got a lot of money from their parents or who had all these like wonderful opportunities that they took advantage of like, oh, my, you know, I paid off my loans because my mom gave me a job, you know, and then she gave me a condo as a wedding gift. So we rented out the condo and in like, a few short months I paid off my loans and it was, I did it all by myself. And if I can do it, anyone can, but that's not true because like, the place that we're at, we, those, those stories of companies starting out in garages always mentioned you know, you need a garage. You <laughs> yeah. need somewhere. You know, like, I'm not about to start a, like, a big company out of my parents' bedroom while not, you know, working. To, so I can't help for rent. Like I, I, we don't have that opportunity. So even like, and it's kind of discouraging because it makes you feel like, well, if I'm not successful because I'm not trying hard enough. When in reality, it's that you don't have that chance because the odds are strapped against you, and not achieving such success that way doesn't mean that. You, you weren't good enough. It just means that you weren't lucky, but you can still get there if you just keep working at
1: it. Or like, go ahead. No, I was going to say like recently, like I've been thinking about, um, I mean, even just like today, mostly i just, I, every now and then I think about how there's different people who are successful at different ages. And I have to remind myself that Cause initially it's like, okay, I'm young. I, I kind of want to be young and rich, like, <laughs> just like young and just successful. You know what I mean? Young yeah. and doing what I want to be doing. And I just have to remind myself that like, you know, Zendaya is our age, but like <laughs> it's just everyone can't be Zendaya, you know? And everyone has their own like, like own, their own time and path of when and when they're going to get to the point they're going to get to, I'm, I can't think of any like um, actors, Steve Carell, Okay. Yeah. You, you don't see a young Steve Carell anywhere, right? Like not a teenage no. Steve Sam
2: Jackson started when he was like 40 or 60. Like he started yeah. old and he's super yeah. successful now.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that. So like, I try to think about that, like it it doesn't have to, I don't want to say it doesn't have to happen right now. Because if someone told me that I'd be like, but why? But, like, <laughs> but in reality, it's like, it's, it may just not happen right now. Right now is also the growing period. Right now is the creating period, you know, you do the different things. So yeah. Some
2: people are just more meant to be Steve Carell instead of Tom Holland, you know?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I completely like everything you guys said was just so spot on. I definitely think that I also have to do like those mental conversations sometimes with myself um, because, like, like you, you actually use Zendaya. I was actually gonna mention her. I was like, <laughs> you look at Zendaya; <laughs> yeah. she's the first, like, um, she's the youngest person to ever win, like, in a cat. No. An Emmy, right? Was it an, uh, Emmy, yeah, Emmy. I, yeah. For lead actress, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're
2: staring. <laughs> why don't I have an Emmy? Yeah, <laughs> I, I always tell myself, oh my god, like, I'm such a failure. I don't have a professional job yet. I don't have. Like, I'm not the head of my business. I don't have a movie out yet. And then I realized, wait, I'm only 21. What the fuck am I talking about?
1: Yeah, no, literally, the
2: non-existent
1: I, business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's just so important. And honestly, sometimes even I like, even when I give myself the pep talk, like it doesn't get through to my, my skull, like my cousin or someone else has to tell it, like, give me that conversation and tell me it just because I feel like sometimes it's so, it's so easy to get caught up in like productivity and exactly what you said, Nigeria, that level of success and when you should achieve it. But then when you kind of, I think the main thing is to kind of like be patient with yourself and be patient with the process. Um, Because especially when you are competing with people who have had the privilege who have who have had privileges since they were born like you're competing with people like that who are able to get to the schools they want and who are who are the daughters and sons of like these huge famous like um people within the field like you're competing with people like that and that level of privilege kind it goes so far and it can be attained in such small small ways even apart from just being that being a part of like a celebrity family it goes a lot deeper than that and I think that just kind of reminding myself of that is very important and I the way I also convince myself is that I tell myself that these these portions of my the, the struggles and hurdles in my life have contributed to this kind of stories that I want to tell and they give me that unique perspective and I think that that's what's that's exactly what's going on with The Black Lives Matter movement, which has put such a light on how strenuous Hollywood stories have become to narratives of people of color and people who are just from, who are just marginal, who come from marginalized communities. And now you see that Hollywood is trying to take on, who are trying to bring on those diversity and inclusion programs to help these voices be, to help teach the people who are in their who are in that position how to do things that we know already what they're learning we we know inherently so it's like I don't know I
1: I just try to give myself a little talk a little (laughs) self-esteem yeah Yeah, this whole conversation you guys has been I don't know. Pretty full. Very interesting. You know, I'm. I love talking with you guys. Honestly, like I love hearing your opinions about everything and just things we agree on. Things we don't agree on. Maybe even though there hasn't been much disagreement, more so just different perspective that might be um, a little different from mine. And we just want to thank you guys for listening to episode two of Artists Without a Clue. I am Nidira. I'm here with Luis and Anisha. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Please, please, please join us next time. Maybe we'll have a guest speaker, LOL. Maybe not. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) That was so cute.